Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, back with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are super excited to have Dr. Ashley Beckman on. She is down in Los Angeles and she practices functional medicine, and I am going to let her introduce herself. Dr. Beckman, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine, right, with a focus on epigenetics, and I infuse cellular detox epigenetics with Chinese medicine theory to create customized protocols for my clients and figure out what the root cause of their chronic issues are. So let's talk about epigenetics since you talked about it, or since you mentioned it. Let's, uh, what is epigenetics? So basically, it's how our environment shapes our genetic expression, right? So we are we come in with a blueprint kind of of how things could unfold, but everything that we do on a day-to-day basis can change that. So I think of it as sort of software for a computer, basically, right? So the food we eat, how we exercise, our thoughts, and basically to all the toxins and things in our environment can have a huge impact on what gets expressed with our genetic data and our in our history and things like that and so but to me it's very important because it gives us our power back right just because your parents had something doesn't mean that that is what is going to happen to you because we know that we have a lot of power to change our genetic destiny i think it's under uh, it's up to us to make those really wonderful choices and it's on a day-to-day basis so it the it does give us though a lot of information and power to make it different and really have flourishing health instead of just <clears throat> something that we think we might have because our parents or grandparents had it. Well, and thanks for um, saying that because I think we wrongfully are told a lot of times or people at least think that, oh, we can't change our genes or our genetics. And we can't right. change our genetics. That is true. Right. But, we, but we can change the way our genes are expressed, period. Yes. Yeah. And people, you know, a lot of times the the reason people do have the same things as their parents is because their habits are passed down, right? You had a parent who loves, you know, I don't know, soda or candy or desserts. You grow up eating desserts, right? right? But you, you don't need to do that. (laughs) We can make a lot of changes and the information keeps changing so much, right? And so if we do things that are just healthier overall. And I, I talk to people a lot about their daily habits and that there's often something in, in something that we do every day that has a huge impact. And we minimize that, you know, it might be someone's, I don't know what fake sugar in their coffee. Right. Or, and they're like, Oh, it's just a little bit, but it's every day or it's going to bed late every night. You know, there are a lot of things that we have. And so that's something that I always ask my clients because like I said, it's often in these sometimes little details that we can have a big impact when we shift it. For sure, for sure. Janet, what questions do you have for Ashley? Well, Ashley, I think we're kind of going against the grain of what, like Sean is saying, that, you know, what we think and, and part of that could be just the advertisements that we hear or going to our, you know, practitioner that we have seen over the years that we emphasize that, you know, oh, well, we're just going to have to live with it. But... So, so the cool thing I, I'm hearing from you is that, you know, little changes swing big doors and that you're putting power back in their hands. So your practice setting must be slightly different. So explain to me 
and our, our listeners how you approach a client because it sounds like you're spending some time with them. So what does that look like? Yep. So usually when I work with clients one-on-one, basically it starts off with a 60-minute appointment where I want to get a deep dive into their history, their symptoms, kind of where they are now, what a lot of their habits are, the foods they eat, and with exercise mindset, and let's see what else, you know, family, stressors, old trauma, things like that. A lot of people focus, and myself at I'm included in this. We focus a lot on the toxins and things that we could be exposed to, but it's just one piece of the puzzle, right? It would be very easy to help people if you could pinpoint one particular issue or one trauma or things like that, that created this cascade of symptoms or created their chronic illness, but it's never that simple, right? So we're looking at kind of different layers and in order to help someone, I want to get a really good overall picture of, what their life is like now and and their habits and what it has been like in their past too. So that kind of gets down to a little bit of functional medicine and root cause medicine. Can you explain that? Yep. So basically there are certain things that our bodies can handle, right? And so in our current environment right now, there's so much stress. There's so many environmental toxins that we can't control just from our exposure in the world. Um, And then there are a lot of things that we can control. So there are things like past trauma, environmental toxins, the food we eat, medications, and basically lifestyle practices that can help us pinpoint if something is going to be a little bit more negative or positive for your system. But usually what happens is we basically, we kind of keep, there's a theory of like a a bucket, right? And so basically all these environmental toxins or emotional traumas, they keep filling your bucket higher and higher. And at some point your body might initially start off with just some unpleasant symptoms. It eventually starts to be something more problematic and could turn into more chronic diseases like autoimmunity or various types of cancer and things like that. And so what root cause medicine does is we want to pinpoint where these different things that have happened along your life that are contributing and how can we peel back those layers and address them? Usually one at a time, some overlap, but some don't and really get to who you were before these things were happening and try to restore your health and vitality, you know, prior to these instances, because they all have a lot of information and they really impact who we are and how our body is responding. And how does Chinese medicine help you do that? And explain a little bit about Chinese medicine and how you were trained. Sure. So a lot of people also don't realize how lengthy Chinese medicine degrees are. So my graduate program for Chinese medicine and acupuncture was four years full time. So no summers off, anything like that. And then I went back for an additional two years for my doctorate. So I studied healthy, healthy aging and longevity for my doctorate. And I wrote my thesis on epigenetics and specifically certain nutritional compounds on how they can be favorable for our genetic expression. But basically the reason I love Chinese medicine is because it looks at all of the person, all the people as a, we talk about, sorry, constitution, right? So everyone is individual. And the other thing that's very fascinating is they look at food and not supplements, but herbs and lifestyle practices how is that going to impact the individual? And is it good for that 
particular body, right? So if something is, if the person's always cold, right? A lot of women are cold and a little bit, we talk about more on the deficient side where men, you know, often they have more energy than women do. And they're kind of, they have energy that they could lose where women we're trying to gain energy. And so it's very interesting because we have a lot of foods and we look at that the same way. So that's why, so someone is already cold all the time. The last thing they should be eating are smoothies and salads, right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the Western holistic nutritional diet, right? And especially mm-hmm. if you look kind of like at vegan, uh, veganism and things like that. So it's very deficient <laughs> from our perspective in Chinese medicine. So, and the same, you have a guy that has a lot of heat, always sweating, so much energy, and let's say he's angry and irritable. The last thing he should be eating would be spicy food, which is going to create more heat and kind of it's like gasoline on a fire if it's already burning. So I love that because even in functional medicine, they are not looking at it at the same way with constitution. And this applies with intermittent fasting. I see all the time, right? They're given women are given these windows of eating that are the same as men. And that to me should be changed. Right. And if you're already someone who's weak and tired, you really need to be very mindful of how you're doing intermittent fasting or keto or things like that. So I love it because it's another lens that I use to look at the person and figure out their specific protocol for them individually. Then I can add on their genetics, even more fine-tuned. And then I throw that in with how I would process and fill out their program for a pretty lengthy cellular detox from mold or if they have Lyme disease or whatever might be ailing them. Well, and you know, the, the hot versus cold example you just gave, I mean, that, that makes sense, but we just, I can honestly tell you of all the functional medicine stuff that we practice, I never even thought about that, but it makes total sense. It's a simple, even what, let's say you have, you give someone, you say, or you, you know, you hear, oh, have ginger tea for if you're sick, right? Or you have arthritis or whatnot. But ginger tea is warming. And for somebody that has a fever, that's not what we would use in Chinese medicine. You would use a cooling herb, right? So it's really, I mean, to me, once I learned about this and you learn that different, let's say viruses or bacteria, they have a cold or a, a hot nature, you need to adjust the foods you recommend for the person. Like, would it be cold therapy or sauna, right? Heat therapy or cold. It's very interesting to me because it's not actually being spoken of in functional medicine at all, unless you're a Chinese medicine practitioner and there aren't that many of us that combine the two. Yeah. Well, thank you for that education. And speaking of smoothies, uh, we have a comment from Lee Pence and I know that he has a daily smoothie. So Uh Steph, can you go ahead and stream his comment? Let's see what he commented. Um, what does that say? Atomic habits. Um, yeah, exactly. It's all about changing your habits. That's for sure. And, and, and Lee, you have an atomic habit of eating a daily smoothie. So, um, I would say, (laughs) I would say make sure to, you know, a lot of people get really stuck in having the same foods every day. And I'll give this example of my daily smoothie that I used to make 20 years ago. Then I realized that I was sensitive to almost every ingredient in there on some lab testing that I did because I never rotated it, right? I thought, okay, this is the best. I want to put everything I can in the smoothie. And it had frozen fruit, you know, at the time, what was it then? Rice milk, right? Not so great. 
for people, but that was the trend. Like that was the alternative milk 20 years ago. And I had all this, you know, hemp protein and oil and coconut oil, just everything possible. And it's really important for us to kind of keep our body on our toes. Right. And so I tell people also make things simple, have a small handful of ingredients the next day you change it. So if you really don't want to give up your smoothie, you know, don't throw in like spirulina and bee pollen and hemp protein powder and protein, you know, whey protein, which I don't suggest, but you know what I mean? Everyone, they put in everything. And I say, try to make it more simple. So your body's not so confused as well. There's too many ingredients thrown at it. I agree. And one of the problems with smoothies and it works great for my good friend, Lee Pence. Um, (laughs) But one of the problems with smoothies is, is you can load them up with Mm -hmm. everything, including calories. I mean, it is, it is so easy to make a 600, 750 calorie smoothie. And so if people are really um, monitoring their calories, they think smoothies just automatically healthy, but you can load them up with calories. And I'm a big believer in not drinking your calories. Um, It's pretty easy to go overboard when you're drinking your calories, whether that be soda, whether that be smoothies, or whether that be um, alcohol. Oh, for sure. And pretty much those are all the things we're trying to get people off of, right? And not to consume. So, I mean, well, I do try to get people off smoothies unless it's the summer, right? Or you're somewhere tropical. But Basically, all of those things, you know, nobody ever wants to give up or reduce very much sugar and alcohol. I'm sure you guys yeah. oh, have heard sure. that all right. the time. Yeah. And half the time, I'm like, if you're honestly, if you really want to, let's say you, you know, people come all the time because they are in pre-diabetes range, right? And one of the first things I ask them is if they're drinking red wine. And a lot of people drink a couple of glasses or a glass also say a couple times a week, there are a lot of people who drink it pretty regularly, most nights, right? And that's the first thing I say is, you know, we need to look at the alcohol you're consuming because you're getting all this sugar that you don't realize is sugar. And that is actually putting you in this pre-diabetes range. And some of those habits, you take just that one thing away and they're out of the range in one to two months. Well, and and it's more than, as you know, Ashley, it's more than just the sugar that's in Oh, for it's, sure. it's alcohol has so many and pesticides it, and it's just and alcohol is, is is a toxin so our body has to deal with that in in as a toxin and so um that, that hampers recovery it um, hampers our sleep it hampers a lot of things so alcohol if you're having any kind of health issues should probably go away well and also too i i am a big fan of kind of i use the garmin watch to track uh, track my system for a while and they use the aura ring too. And I tell people, if you're using any of those, see how your body reacts on the stress level after a glass or two of alcohol, even wine, which, you know, everyone thinks is, Oh, it's healthy and you know, heart healthy. But if you look and see your body is very stressed trying to process that alcohol. And especially uh, it happens a lot in the middle of the night. You can see that your body doesn't get that recovery time. It's trying to process the alcohol for many hours after you've gone to bed. Well, and one of the things that people say is that, well, alcohol helps me sleep. And and it is seen as depressant. So it does help you go to sleep, but it does disrupt your sleep later on that night. Yeah. And it disrupts your body's ability to do all the things it needs to do at night while you're asleep. To recover. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what we're really trying to say is that we need to stop bad habits and incorporate a variety to what we're doing rather than just being the same thing day in and day out. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and it goes for food. You know, there are people that eat, they like one kind of meat. So they eat chicken constantly. Right. And it's the only thing. So I, again, yeah, I'm about making things a little bit more simple for your body to digest and process. And, and then also just rotation, you know, you get different nutrients from different types of foods and even different, you know, different nutrient profiles in various types of meat or in vegetables and things like that. And so it's good to rotate as opposed to throw it all in one giant stir fry with eight types of vegetables. Right. And then <clears throat> it's just difficult for your body. Yeah. Keep it simple. It's really that easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the things that Lee was talking about in his comment, Atomic Habits, him and I have talked frequently about the book. There's a book, I don't remember the author, called Atomic Habits. And it's just basically how you institute good habits into your daily routine. Mm-hmm. And and once you have those habits, they just, it sticks with you. And um, when you look at People that are successful with a diet, with an exercise program, athletes, successful business people, they have habits that they put in their routine every day. And the thing is, too, is that it's also, again, there are usually, like I was saying, some habits that derail our potential for success or for feeling better. And, And so I kind of talk about those also in a different way of sort of like some foundational concepts in health that you really ought to have kind of nailed down before you're trying to figure out what's the best supplement for this and what, you know, what should I take for these? Everyone wants something they can take yet. They're not very keen on my advice of getting to bed before, you know, 11 at the max. So, I mean, and I prefer much earlier than that, but people have a lot of things that they do that are just habits that, are not helping them. And definitely if you're chronically ill, not helping the situation at all, but we don't always, you know, reinforce them because they seem so simple yet most everyone ignores them, right? Like drinking enough water, good quality water or going to bed at a certain time. And then another big one is just not waking up and instantly jumping on your phone, right? A lot of these things actually have huge impact, but they're dismissed very easily. Right, right. Well, I can. I'm guilty of that one. It's that's the first. You know, first thing I do when I get up in the morning is probably check my phone. And I and I have gotten away from that habit before. And it I, is. And it does. Back in. <laughs> it, yeah, it helps relax you. It really does because your the phone is a stressor because it just it reminds me of work and and um you know so there's always something there to to keep me engaged and so you need to disengage from your phone and. Get ready for the day before you even check your phone. I know some people that do that and they don't check their phone for an hour. So, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not there, but there are people, yes, that do that. And yeah. I think that it probably is is really, really great for their nervous system. So it looks like we have a comment from James Dunavant, also known as a healthy libertarian. What's he say? Body is working to detox the alcohol while people are usually not eating the best food with the alcohol. That mm. is so true. Jan, you want to comment on that? Oh, yes, totally. Because <laughs> usually, usually it skews your judgment. And so people um, just overeat for, for one. And, you know, 
it is such a part of our American society that we, you know, participated and it's also accepted, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, yeah, it's very easy in this time of year. Wow. We're heading right into that, right? We're heading right into bad choices. I was just thinking about, you know, all the cookies that get shared and all the desserts. And I personally love cookies. And so I don't have them in my house because that is a threat to my choices. And her husband. And so, <laughs> so and not to derail myself, I, I find that if I don't bring them in or make them, yeah. um, then the problem is solved, right? So, um, you know, I, I think everybody knows to some degree or probably wants to uh, have to or doesn't want to have to admit to what is the issue. But when you have, you know, someone like yourself that's able to say, hey, this really is important, you know, and, and let's, you know, find a way to incorporate or, or you know, eliminate. Because sometimes really, I mean, the longer I'm away from them, the better I feel. And, you know, right. honestly, I, I, I can live day to day without it. It's not like it's <laughs> going to, you know, I mean... Seriously, there's there's some things that are really worth not participating in. So, you know, cookies is mine. I just don't. So, I'm surprised, right? How many patients of mine eat? I'm just going to give an example. Eat Halloween candy, right? And they just say, "Oh, well, we still have it around," right? And that, but that'll stretch for months and months. And I'm thinking, yeah. it's so. Yeah. bad for you like you just throw it away there's no reason you need to eat it for months because it's just not gone right mm -hmm. so i don't it's again it's some of those things i think i also talk to people about right a lot of people start writing off their nutritional like good habits because they think oh from halloween through new year's it's impossible so i'm just not going to eat healthy but I think that that's actually a really good time to kind of reevaluate and try to be yeah. a little bit more aligned with what, how you want to feel in the new year, because you will make better choices and you might, you know, have some, some things every once in a while, but that's not an excuse to me for two months of eating however you want, right. At every event that comes up. Right. That's me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so Ashley, give us a, a patient example of where you change somebody's life. Mm -hmm. oh. um, so, well, one thing I would say a lot is I, I you know you guys are up in Washington, but I was mentioning that so many of my clients are, are in Washington or other areas that are kind of damp because I focus a lot on mold exposure and mold toxicity being a root cause for a lot of other conditions. And a lot of people, they don't ever come to me because they have mold exposure. They come to me because they have Epstein-Barr flare-up or just something that they can't figure out, right? Um, Hashimoto's, things like that. So we look and I look to see if mold exposure is a piece of the puzzle. <laughs> and so often it is. And a lot of times it's like people would never have known that. And they've been seeing naturopaths for many years, never thought about it as a possible option or a piece to look at. And so one of my clients, JJ, she had all of these issues for many years, came to me for Epstein-Barr and, <clears throat> sorry. And basically she and her son and her husband, who's a firefighter, all had so much mold toxicity from their house that they weren't aware of. And it was creating all these different issues. And 
they had already spent many years looking for answers and weren't finding any, right? And they were, because they were going down the, the wrong hole, right? So the it takes so long to detox from it, but you start to get better and a lot of the symptoms go away. And a lot of people are just really, really sick. And they don't, when they don't know what it is or that it's coming from their home, <coughs> sorry about that, it's really scary for them. So when we find that out, it's really important and helpful. And my point is I love working with families because then I've helped that child circumvent a lot of issues that they might've had. And that's really getting to the root problem of, of, of it. There's a lot of things you can do to treat the symptoms that can happen later on, whether it be Hashimoto's or you know some kind of autoimmune, but you've got to fix the problem in order to make that go away, right? Or make it stop coming back. Exactly. So Ashley, um, what, what do you have a passion for as we wind this podcast up? What do you have a passion for? So I've always been very interested in toxins. <laughs> and so... That started with environmental toxins like in skincare and beauty products and things that we actually do have control over what we purchase, right? So I what I like to help people see is that we do have a big impact on what we choose to put on or in our body, right? And so that is something we can control as well. And a lot of people are completely unaware and assume that something is safe because it's sold or it's consumed regularly. Where this did interest me a lot with food, but I got way more into, I guess, yeah, the like environmental toxins or mold and things like that because they have such an impact and they they are known for so many other kind of big diseases that will form later down in someone's life. But we once we know better, we can make better choices, right? And so a lot of people, it's the same, like you hear things all the time like, oh, it's BPA-free plastic. And I'm like, no, no, no. All plastic is not good. So just because it's been marketed a certain way, people assume it's safe. And so my job is to try to make it somewhat easier for people to make better choices to try to circumvent any sort of possible diseases in their future. Yeah. You know, speaking of the way things are marketed, I I, I, uh, I took a picture the other day at the store. and. Um, I was, and I shared it on social media and it was Hershey candy bars, Hershey chocolate bars. And underneath it, it said gluten-free. Yeah. And so, right. you know, people think, oh, well, gluten-free, it must be healthy. I mean, right. that that's just, that's a marketing ploy. And you see that with fat-free, you see it with, you know, I can't even think of some of the terms they use to market to us where things they, they say are healthy because of little marketing terms like that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy too because they'll say gluten free and it's you know corn chips or something. I'm like it's naturally gluten free. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, and it doesn't mean that it's good for you to consume. Because <laughs> right. it doesn't mean not non-GMO yeah. or anything. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's another exactly. one. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, um, Ashley, uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you if people have questions? Sure. So I'm on Instagram quite a bit and try to give a lot of information that's just available for people. And that is DR Ashley Beckman. <coughs> Sorry about that. And then my website is drashley.com. So I'm on available on both of those. There you go. Nice. And 
uh, it's pretty easy. There's just a very simple form if you have any questions about working together. I work with people privately and I have programs and things like that. So there are a lot of different options. And you do virtual appointments, correct? Yes, all virtual. So all virtual. Awesome. It's lovely because it's open to everybody. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. So, well, Ashley, thank you for being on our show today. You have helped us realize our goal, which is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. So thank you for doing that. Of course. It's my pleasure and my passion. So thank you so much for well, having me on. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in today. You don't want to miss out Thursday because speaking of toxins, we have a guy, John Weinman, that was on the list for liver transplants because of alcohol, too much consumption of alcohol. He turned his life around by getting off alcohol and no longer had a liver transplant. I don't know a lot about the story. I'm going to learn just like you guys are. So uh, stay tuned, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., our midweek podcast at Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, Pacific Standard Time. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching today. And thank you, Ashley, for being on our show. 